Good afternoon, folks. It's that time again. It's 1 o'clock. Time for The Elephant in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM and Talk 99.1 FM. I'm your host, Sam DeMarco, and I am so excited. We have a great show for you today. As usual, I'm joined by Robin and my Batman, John Schneider, man of a few words, a man who makes even the reputation of former president Calvin Coolidge seem like he was loquacious, okay? He says so little, all right? And our producer, Dazzling Daryl Grandy. Daryl, thanks for doing everything that you're doing to help get what we're going to talk about today to our listeners. Folks, I told you I'm excited about this show, and you can tell by the way I'm talking here, my speech, it's fast. It's because we have in studio today joining us a uh, Republican nominee for county executive here in Allegheny County, Joe Rocky. Joe, thank you for joining us today. Sam, thanks for having me. It's always great to be here uh, talking with you and, and all the folks listening. Well, it's, it's it's great to have you. I'm excited because we've had a busy week here. Tell us a little bit. How's the campaign going? It is going spectacularly. You know, of course, we came out of the primary and uh, we hit the ground running. We've been all over the county having meetings, talking to people, uh, engaging. Uh, you know, just this week, we were in front of uh, 250 to 300 different people, talking to people, talking about you know what we're doing, uh, events every single night this week, meetings every day this week, lunch, afternoon meetings, morning meetings. So we are everywhere uh, talking about and strategically positioning ourselves for you know not only to win this race, but also what we'll do when we govern and and when we do win the race, what it will take for us to be successful as a county, moving this county forward across many dimensions of the challenges that are in front of us. Well, Joe, I am so excited to hear that. And I, you know, I've been in my role for about eight years. So I know a lot of people in the county, I could tell you my phone rings off the hook with the interest from folks out there, particularly from Democrats and independents wanting to know about Joe Rocky who he is, what does he stand for, and things like that, because they're so disturbed by the direction they see their party going. And, and you know, and, and I want to, let me just stop right here because I want to get away from the party thing, right? You know, it's just a, this race should be, it's really, essentially, it's not a Democrat versus Republican or Republican versus Democrat. What this race is about, it's a job interview. We're interviewing two people to fill the role of whom the next county executive is going to be, and I want to allow the public to look at it from that perspective and, you know, judge who's best qualified to do that job. I certainly think it's you and, and I know you do as well. And Hey, you just made some news earlier in the week. You called on your opponent to participate in five debates and so far crickets. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, we have very clear, well, let me start with, it is a job interview and it's an issues interview, right? Mm -hmm. So when you interview for a job, you talk about the issues that the job is going to contain. And that's exactly what debates are for. Uh, so, you know, we we reached out to Representative Ann Morata and her team and said, we'd love to have five debates with you. We offered topics, although we'll talk about whatever they want to talk about in debates. But the five topics we, we offered are very key issues for the county. And so let me just rattle them off. First, sure. it is jobs. It's the economy. It's about prosperity. So, you know, a debate on what we're going to do collectively, what Sarah's policies are, what, what Joe's policies are to move our county forward and to grow our county. The second is crime. You know, crime is a real issue in Allegheny County. Uh, you know, just this prior weekend, I know it's Saturday, but just this prior weekend on Sunday in a 24-hour period, eight people got shot in Allegheny County. And so crime is a major issue in the county, and we should talk about how we're going to address crime. 
Uh, you know, of course, taxes is always an issue, and we mm-hmm. should talk about taxes and talk about, you know, the assessment process and what Sarah's views are and what my views are, and I think they are quite different. We should certainly talk about the, the health department. Uh, you know, we just lived through a week of some uh, pretty smoky weather in Pittsburgh, not caused by anything going on in Pittsburgh, but some, you know, uh, health department uh, should always be top of mind because one of the, you know, the biggest part of the budget is for health and human services. And so we should talk about the health, health department. And then, of course, the last one is governance, just how will you lead? How will you run the county of 7,000 employees that supports 1.3 million people here in Allegheny County? And so we think those are five very meaningful topics. We think, you know, your, your comment about it being a job interview, that, you know, having a job interview, having a public debate where we talk about what each of us bring to bear on those issues mm-hmm. uh, will give the public the information they need to make the selection of who they believe is the best candidate for the job. And then that's what I hope to see. And you, you touched on taxes there for a second. You know, in Harrisburg, your representative in Amarada was pushing a bill she, called the Lupa Bill. She wanted to give the city of Pittsburgh the ability to take and select, pick winners and losers, to take and select neighborhoods that they felt uh, where development may have occurred, which would have increased the property values, and say, hey, if you're a longtime property owner there, you don't have to take and you're not going to be hit with these increased values or taxes. Now, that all sounds good, but what makes the people in that neighborhood that have been in their homes for a certain amount of time any better than the folks in any other Pittsburgh neighborhood, or for that example, for that matter, any other municipality in Allegheny County? Why are we treating people differently? And then when you do that, I mean, we all know, if you're gonna take and say to someone that they can have to pay less, Someone else is going to have to pay more to make that up. You know, and I think this is just an attempt to try to hide what she knows are going to be the increasing values and costs if a countywide reassessment is conducted before we're able to get things under control and see benchmark where we're at after we fix the CLR problem and things of that nature. Yeah, so Sam, uh, we actually sent a message out when that that came out and commented very similar to how you're speaking of it. You know, at the end of the day, um, it, it would be for only Pittsburgh residents. It would not be for Allegheny County as a whole. Mm-hmm. It would be for only individuals in certain neighborhoods, which have been deemed to be regentrified and, and that the property values of your neighbor's house uh, went up because there was investment in that. So only certain neighborhoods, as you say. And, and then Her would, neighborhood would be one. Uh, Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville would certainly be one of them based yes, upon the description. But but here's the other thing. And it would not cover renters. And, mm-hmm. you know, renters pay property taxes, if not directly. They pay it through the rents they pay because the individual who owns that properties, property taxes would go up. So this was only single family home owners. This was only in certain neighborhoods. It was not in all of Allegheny County. It was only within Pittsburgh. So it was a very exclusionary way of getting a a benefit to a small group of people. Um, Here's what I will tell you. At the end of the day, it felt a lot like air cover for I'm going to do a tax increase. And -hmm. let me just say here, is my intention not to do a countywide property reassessment. It is my intention to fix the problems in the property process that have been broken over the last six or seven years, you said the CLR, it's called the common level ratio, and clearly has been mismanaged because it took a court order 
to come in and force the county to adjust it. And now we're dealing with the consequences of that. So, you know, uh, let me just stress, um, you know, we should always try to do what's best for all of our residents, not just for some of our residents. We should focus on every neighborhood, not just select neighborhoods. We should focus on individuals who own their home and individuals who are renting to be in their home. We shouldn't just isolate out indivi- you know, small groups. But I have found, and now I'm going to get a little political, but I am running for office. You know, the far left does try to pick winners and losers. That is what they have historically done. They, they, they tend to single out the group that they want to benefit mm-hmm. at the cost of the rest of the county. And this is just another example of that. And our opportunity here... Uh, when I am your county executive is, we will look out for the best interests of 1.3 million people all the time and do what's right for everybody. I'm sure our listeners are happy to hear that from you because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for fairness and looking for consistency. You know, her plan runs counter to what she claims in her television commercials. It's her ideal, a county that works for all. Well, how does it work for all if you're taking and picking winners and losers in that county? You know, some folks are going to pay less, some folks are going to pay more. And it's based upon criteria as of yet, you know, undetermined, right? I mean, so that's that's just one example. Yeah, Sam, if I could just stay on taxes for one more mm-hmm. thing, because we did talk about, you know, she's been very open that she would do a countywide reassessment. And speaking of picking winners and losers, a countywide reassessment will be a loser for any elderly individual on a fixed income who is in their home, when those assessments come back and their taxes go up, we will be forcing, you know, our, our individuals who are on fixed income, retirement incomes, we'll be forcing them out of their home because their taxes will be going up. And having said that, it's not just their county taxes. Their school taxes, which typically are three to five times the amount of the county tax, will also be going up. And I just think that that is the wrong thing to do for our seniors. It's the wrong thing to do for people who stayed in their home for a long period of time and have taken care of it. It's just not the right thing to do as we look forward. We should be fixing the problems with the county assessment process. We should not be pushing a burden of additional taxes onto our seniors and residents who've stayed in their home for an extended period of time. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, we talk about these things uh, and, and while the assessments are bad, what folks need to understand is while it would be the county doing this reassessment, you know, it's not the county taxes that are going to crush you. It's the school taxes that are going to increase significantly because of this assessed value. And I can tell you firsthand that there are people out there that do not understand What's at stake here and how this works? Okay. And I say that because I've had folks who say, well, wait a minute, if you do a reassessment, then they're going to have to adjust the millage. Yes. But under the law, they can accept, they can allow an up to 5% increase in total revenue before they have to address the millage. Okay. So real estate tax revenue here in 2022 in Allegheny County was 400 million. So that means that if they did a reassessment here, they would be able to take and be able to bring in 420 before they would have to adjust any any millage. Who's going to pay that additional $20 million in taxes? You know, I mean, these, these are the things, these are the questions, these are the details that they never seem to dig into. But these are the things that our listeners need to understand. Listeners, it'll be you that pay those taxes. And folks, you need to understand that's right on top 
of the $30 million tax increase you could get hit with because Bethany Hallam and other folks on county council slammed through a minimum wage bill that, while it sounds great, will take and take part-time kids working in snack bars that are wave poor, the golf course, and give them $6 an hour raises, $6 an hour, 50% raises, taking them to $20 an hour. Because, I mean, hey, you know, they talk about living wages and families because high school or college kids that are working part-time absolutely need living wages, okay? Folks, I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't stop there. So, Joe, I'm sorry I went off on my but, rant. But. but Sam, I agree 100% with you. I, you know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, your, your job as the county executive is to protect everybody in the county. And to do what's right by everybody in the county. And pushing through a countywide assessment, which is stealth for raising the taxes of the vast majority of the people in the county uh, who are homeowners, pushes you know people on fixed incomes out of their home. It is just not in the best interest of the Allegheny County residents. And you know it is not the way to run the county government, right? You run the county government with fiscal responsibility. You run the county government by growing jobs, which brings more people here, which brings more homes and more of a tax base. So it's not that you don't want the tax revenue to go up. You want it to go up because you're expanding your economy and you're getting more people here who are working and living in homes and, and, and you know, renovating homes. You know, I might not have this statistic exactly right, but I've been told there's 35,000 uh, you know, dilapidated properties in the city of Pittsburgh alone, mm-hmm. right? Wouldn't it be great if we had people moving to this county because there were jobs for them and they were going in and taking ownership of those homes and rehabilitating those homes and by by extension, improving the entire street and also putting that house back on the tax rolls and allowing the tax base to go up, but all from positive things happening, not a negative tax increase. No, absolutely. And, and Joe, we talked about, we've talked about previously, you know, uh, Allegheny County is a county in which more people are dying than in which births are occurring. So our, re- our, our population is shrinking, and we want to attract more folks here. But coupling with that population decline, coupling that with the loss of 50,000 jobs from 2017 to 2022, you know, it's absolutely imperative that we put policies in place that will attract folks here. And you have a great saying, I'll let you say it, but you, it's a great saying, you say you only want to go to Tampa, go ahead. Well, the line I give is that, you know, uh, the, the largest export of Allegheny County over the last, you know, 40 years has been our children. And, you know, they live in Tampa, they live in Atlanta, you know, they live in Charlotte because that's where they could get jobs. And, you know, as a grandparent, you know, I want to be going to Tampa on vacation. I don't want to be going to Tampa to visit my grandchildren, right? right? Because my family moved away, which I'm fortunate that mine didn't. Um, But that said, many, many people are talking to their grandchildren via Facebook and, excuse me, FaceTime. And, you know, uh, Great that we have that technology and you can actually see your grandchildren, but wouldn't it be great if they lived down the street from you? Yeah. Wouldn't you like the economy growing that you could call your daughter and your son and say, hey, there's jobs here in Pittsburgh that are as good as the job that you have. Why don't you come back? That's the environment we have to create here in Allegheny County. Mm-hmm. And, you know, FaceTime may be great for being able to see your grandchildren, but it doesn't allow you to hug them or to hold them 
you know, and, and to love them the way you'd like to. That's okay. <laughs> so we, we definitely need to do some things. Policies need to change here. And I think that they're on the wrong track. You know, again, look at this. Okay. We talk about the need to bring people in to Allegheny County to get folks to move here. But going back to that tax plan, the loop plan, you're going to reward some folks and, and not others. So you'll give longtime property owners in a particular neighborhood a benefit. So who's going to have to pay it? It's going to be the new folks moving in. Why is someone going to want to come in if their taxes are even higher than the folks that are already living there? I mean, we saw this. This was what created an incredible level of discontent throughout the county. Uh, Mount Lebanon, it was called the newcomer's tax, where what would happen was someone come in and they'd buy a home, you know, and they uh, would live right next door to somebody whose property was almost exactly the same. But because the solicitor of the school district took them to the property reassessment board and appealed their assessment values to, to for the sale price, they'd end up paying taxes three or four times higher than the folks their neighbors lived right next door. Now, that created an enormous amount of discontent. That's something we would want to avoid here in the county, but seems that it's one of her, you know, prominent plans. I think that's exactly right. And of course, the common level ratio mismanaged did the same thing yep. for anyone who bought a home in the last six or seven years. You know, you have been, you know, very through a complicated formula, you have been disadvantaged. And, you know, your neighbor's house and your house, if they are very similar, they should be assessed at the same value. And you can go on to the Allegheny County website and see that they are not and right. see that your house is assessed value went up. Just about the time you bought it, and which demonstrates that it was mismanaged because the intention was the assessed values weren't supposed to change. What was supposed to change, if necessary, was the millage that was charged. And that is not how it's been managed for the last several years. And that's what's being fixed. I want to stress that's what's being fixed. And mm -hmm. my commitment is to come in and make sure that it's fully fixed for everybody. Well, you know, I'm, we've spent a lot of time here talking about taxes, and I appreciate your commitment to take and fix this for the people of Allegheny County. Now, while we've been talking about taxes, we haven't talked a whole lot about what you're going to do to bring these jobs here, you know, to create prosperity, to broaden our tax base, and to give our children and grandchildren opportunities for what we hope to be good-paying, family-sustaining wage jobs. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your plans in that area? Yeah, so I actually, Sam, if you're okay, I'm, I'm going to start with, I, I think there sure. are some really stark policy differences between myself and Representative Inamorato. Mm -hmm. So Representative Inamorato is on the record as saying that if she could, she would close the cracker plant, although it's in Beaver County. And she could cause a lot of damage to the cracker plant using the health department uh, against the cracker plant. Cracker plant's 7,000 jobs. And quite frankly, the opportunity that comes from the cracker plant is to start using the raw material that the cracker plant produces, which is fundamentally plastic pellets, and bring more manufacturers around the cracker plant. So having the cracker plant closed, not only would you harm the 7,000 people who work in and around the cracker plant today, you'd prevent the growth of jobs that would come from using the raw materials of the cracker plant. Second thing she said is, if she could, she would stop the extraction process at the airport, and she would stop extraction throughout the county, and would ban further the use of natural gas, furthering the expansion of natural gas in the county. And so having said that, you know, that is the biggest strategic advantage we have. That in conjunction with water are what we have to sell 
to bring jobs to Allegheny County. Of course we have great innovation coming out of our universities and the incredibly smart people we have in Allegheny County. Of course we have great people who work hard here in Allegheny County, you know, starting with our union, you know, ladies and women who, excuse me, men and women who, who work so hard every day, right, and have great family-oriented jobs. We have great people in Allegheny County, but we also have assets, and those assets are reliable energy and an abundance of water. And our opportunity is to go sell that as the onshoring process continues here bringing jobs into the United States uh, from China, from India, from other places where product is being made as people onshore their supply chain. And my commitment is to be in 100 companies in the first year in office selling the advantages of Allegheny County, getting people to understand why they should bring their key components of their supply chain back to the United States back to Allegheny County where we can get the jobs. And if I have one more minute, I will give you one quick mm -hmm. example. The CHIP Act, which was signed about a year ago, since then there's been $220 billion of private investment in, in the United States to make chips in the United States. That is spectacular. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Onshoring jobs that are making product here in the United States. Allegheny County and Western Pennsylvania have participated in None of that. That's why we've got to be out in front selling. That's why we've got to talk about the advantages. And my last comment is, I am very environmentally focused. The environment is a worldwide problem. Every time we bring a product back from China that is made in coal-fired plants and make it with the natural gas that's under our feet, we make the environment greener. President Obama in the 2013 State of the Union Address said, Natural gas is the bridge to a cleaner future. The natural gas is here. We want the jobs here. It is time to capitalize and sell that around the country. Well, well said, Joe. And, and I think that's important because we talk about the environment, as we've just seen this past week. You know, the air quality here is often dictated by things outside our control. You know, we had declining air quality here. It was based upon the Canadian wildfires. But yet, you know, our... Representative Inamorato sends out a tweet blaming it on first on climate change and then pollution to be claimed from extraction industries. Okay. Definitely needs some work. And uh, hopefully someone on her campaign will educate her on what that means to this area uh, because she's certainly going down the wrong road. Well, I, yeah, the, I read the tweet. Hopefully others, well, maybe you did, maybe you didn't read the tweet, but it, it, it's just so incredibly disingenuous to, you know, blame, uh, the way it was written, uh, blame the historical industrial activities of Allegheny County on the air quality of this past week when every single newspaper in the country, every national news station in the country was pretty clear there's fires in Quebec and Ontario and the wind is blowing our way. And so, you know, there's, I, Sam, I've said from the beginning, I will not give up my personal integrity. I will not change who I am, and I will not say things that aren't true. I'm, I'm not so sure that that's always the case uh, with some folks on the other side of this conversation. Well, I think that's always been something that's held conservatives back historically, is we want to dot the I's and cross the T's, try to be as accurate as possible, okay? So oftentimes we don't end up saying anything because we're so busy or we get lost trying to find the facts and figures to make sure that our statements are correct. The left has no 
such standards. You know, they have no problem with just saying anything. And, you know, to, I want to just throw out a few facts here about environmental performance in Allegheny County. Okay, based upon all ambient air quality monitors in Allegheny County, now I'm not talking about this wildfires, okay, but regular air, <clears throat> the county has met all national ambient air quality standards. The standards are set for PM2.5, PM10, carbon monoxide, nitrogen oxides, sulfur dioxide, ozone, and lead. These standards are set by the EPA and have been determined to be protective of human health and the environment. As a matter of fact, last year, last March, the EPA issued a clean data determination for PM2.5 for the area. Now, this clean data determination is based upon quality-assured, quality-controlled, and certified ambient air monitoring data showing the area has attained the 2012 PM2.5 standard based upon our 2018 to 2020 monitoring data. Data from 2020 through today continue to demonstrate attainment. So and we have been in attainment for, you know, uh, quite a while here. So, but what happens is you have activists, you have groups who do fundraising off of telling people how bad things are, okay? So I'll be putting, uh, submitting an op-ed you know, to the local papers here soon, uh, talking about this air quality and, you know, sort of laying out the facts. Sam, I, you know, you've said that very well. Facts are key. And, you know, I will speak from facts. Um, I will understand and do the work that's necessary to make sure that the ideas and the proposals that are being offered are supported by facts, or I won't offer them. Listen, that's a great way to end this segment as we segue and allow us to pay the station to pay the bills here. And we're going to close out this segment and come back with more facts right after the break here on The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. Folks, welcome back to The Elephant in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM. This is your host, Sam DeMarco. And for the folks just joining in, I want to let you know we're sitting here joined in studio today by Allegheny County candidate for county executive, Joe Rocky and Joe, we were just talking in the last segment, right before the break, we were talking about air quality. You know, what did uh, you know? Your opponent had put a tweet out <clears throat> trying to blame the air quality that we're facing this this past week from the Canadian wildfires. You know, on industrial activity and climate change, right? So I went through a couple facts talking about how we are Allegheny County is in attainment according to the U.S. EPA. Here, one of the things that's recently just popped up at the last council meeting. And this is why I was talking about activists. At the last council meeting, folks, about a dozen signed up for public comment. You know, and they all wanted to talk about benzene. Okay, so they started claiming that benzene was a problem and all these different things. But all these folks are from these groups. Gasp, Breathe, uh, Penn Futures, Environments. I mean, the, the, all these groups that raise money off of telling you how terrible the environment and the crisis are. So I wanted to just share this list press release here uh, before we get into benzene. Well, well on, the, on the benzene. Benzene is regulated by the EPA through several national emission standards for hazardous air pollutants that apply to steel and coke plants. The regulations include equipment monitoring, record keeping, and reporting. U.S. Steel is not out of compliance with any benzene standards and regularly monitors for compliance with those standards addressing benzene. Okay? Now, Health Department in Allegheny County put out a press release in January of this year saying that in the last 12 years, Fine particulate pollution has decreased 32% at the Liberty Monitor 
And these are some of the largest decreases in the particulate pollution anywhere in the country. So it's quite an accomplishment. And, you know, I was talking about the folks with benzene. For people that don't know, benzene is a colorless, flammable liquid with a sweet odor. It quickly evaporates. It's formed from both natural processes and human activity. For example, it can be found in air emissions from forest fires. Does this sound, you know, uh, <coughs> relative here? Uh, volcanoes, coal burning, gasoline stations, motor vehicle exhausts, and cigarette smoking. Okay. And so to automatically look at these things and try to blame and cast the blame on everything on climate change or industrial activity is again disingenuous at best. Yeah, it's, it's, Sam, there's there almost feels like there's a mission to get that U.S. steel plant to close. And that would be horrible for Allegheny County. The jobs that work around that plant, the jobs that work in that plant, um, you know, those are good jobs. And when I talk about bringing jobs back to the country, um, you know, the jobs I'm talking about are actually very clean jobs. Most of what is coming back, the onshoring processes, is really clean you know, manufacturing, a lot of robotics in the plants that are doing the work, uh, you know, very technical skills, uh, running those machines, making it work. You know, chip manufacturing is a great example. It is manufacturing. That's why it's called chip manufacturing. Mm -hmm. But it isn't the manufacturing of our great-grandparents shoveling coal into furnaces. This is, you know, really generally electrically driven. I mean, it's electric is driving the machines. And it is... You know, individuals go into these facilities, and I say this jokingly, they'll actually come out cleaner than they went in because of the quality of what's inside the facility to make sure that the product is made at the highest standard. And so, you know, we really have an opportunity here, um, but I think we send a really horrible message to potential companies that could bring their business here when we are in a constant fight to get rid of the companies that we have here today. And if we think that the companies that are looking to come here don't read the news clippings, don't take the time to understand how accommodating we are to jobs and to manufacturing, because they do, and it is a competition, they may choose to put their facility in Allegheny County. They may choose to put their facility in Maryland. They may choose to put their facility in Ohio. And quite a few have. And we are not benefiting from that. And the future for our children and grandchildren is slipping through our fingertips. Mm -hmm. And so that is why this election, that the next 4, 8, 12 years, they are going to define the next 30, 40, 50 years of this region and the future of this region. And so it is imperative that we get out and sell ourselves and be welcoming to those employers. No, absolutely. And uh, I think it's also important to understand for our listeners here that while we've been talking a lot about heavy industry, you're talking about jobs, period. But you want good-paying, family-sustaining jobs. So it could be in the production of pharmaceuticals. It could be, like you said, in the production of chips, okay? So it doesn't always have to be heavy industry. But the point is we have to create an environment in which folks would want to invest here, okay, in order to take and provide these jobs. And I think, you know, your opponent is headed in the wrong direction when clearly in her communications states that what she would do could cost, you know, if U.S. Steel were to exit this region, 
3,000 direct jobs, not to mention the 10,000 that support, you know, those folks there in, in the Mon Valley. So how does that help, you know, our tax base? How does that help the families that would be affected? Yeah, it, it, Sam, I'll give you another example. And sadly, this one has passed us. So as as got a lot of publicity 18 months or so ago, Amazon wanted to bring a distribution center uh, here to Allegheny County. To Churchill. Yep. To Churchill. And, and uh, a group of people led by my opponent, Summer Lee and others, you know, went out and rallied against getting that particular facility here. And as a result of that facility not being here, you know, right now Woodland Hill School District is laying off 20 teachers, not because they don't need 20 teachers, because they do, but because they don't have the tax base to support the 20 teachers that they need. And here's the way I think about it. You know, the arguments against bringing Amazon were, uh, it's going to clog our streets. Well, We just signed an infrastructure bill to make our streets bigger if we need to, to make it work. And by the way, we could have had Amazon make the streets bigger. Number two, well, Amazon should be union. Well, you know what I've always thought, Sam? If I think something should change, I'd rather personally have control of it because then I can help change it. And if you believe Amazon should be unionized, and I would tell you, I think there's aspects of Amazon Mm -hmm. that probably do fit unionization. Mm -hmm. Many of their jobs fit unionization, very repetitive jobs, et cetera. What better place to demonstrate to the United States and to Amazon that unions are the best thing for their company and the best things for their workers than the birthplace of unions in America? Wouldn't it be better to have that in Western Pennsylvania and us be the ones who lead Amazon to unionization? So, so that's another example. And my last comment to all those people who railed against it, how many Amazon packages did you get this week? And did you not recognize the driver who now drove in from Ohio to deliver, you, deliver that package, who lives in Ohio, who has his family in, his, in Ohio? Wouldn't you rather have had that person live down the street from you, be improving his home down the street from you, have his children paying, uh, going to your school, paying taxes into your school district, right? That's what we gave up. But yet you're still getting the packages. Or were you that passionate about Amazon so bad that you no longer buy anything from Amazon? I suspect that latter point is probably wrong. And you're still using Amazon. You're just not benefiting from the jobs that Amazon could have brought us. Well, and, and this is the one of the things that concerns me is the lack of experience or understanding of your opponent. It concerns many of the folks in the county. You know, now you having been at the chief risk officer at a, a Fortune 500 financial services firm, you understand this, but in the House Finance Committee, Representative Inamorado said that PA should have, combined, should have combined reporting for business taxes. She said because Texas does, except Texas has no corporate income tax, okay? So she's been in a position for six years, and she's calling something out here, okay? And she has no understanding whatsoever of what she's talking about. To me, or to anyone like in your position, that would make you question, well, then how confident are you that any of the other things she's saying are, in fact, true or accurate? Well, I'll just go back to where we started. You know, the air quality in Allegheny County, which was caused by the fires in Ontario mm-hmm. and Quebec, is the result of extraction in Allegheny County. And so, you know, it, you either understand the facts and speak from them, or you understand them and you completely misrepresent them to make your point. Uh, the point is, 
you got to speak from facts. You have to be able to defend what you're talking about. Sam, I'm not familiar with that particular example you gave, but it is an indication of someone who's either manipulating uh, you know, the facts as they know them, or worse yet, doesn't even know the facts. I would lend toward the latter there, I believe. You know, <clears throat> So uh, we, we talked about taxes here. We talked about jobs, okay? One of the other top issues that you had were, were crime, okay? And your opponent has said that she's not in favor of taking and reopening Schumann as a detention center. Now, I and many others, I can tell you that the district attorney, the uh, police chiefs association, our law enforcement folks, they feel that it's desperately needed because what we're seeing is we're seeing violent crime being committed more and more often by juveniles, you know, and what's happening with no place to even detain them for, you know, a day or, you know, a couple of days while we do evaluate them and look at what kind of wraparound services we might be able to do to address it. Um, they're just being turned right back over to their family and put right back out on the street. And we've had cases here where folks who were released immediately like that, even with an electronic monitoring devices, then turned around and went right back out and killed someone. And that's because there's, there's not even a break in the heat of the moment, in the high emotions, because there's nowhere to send them. Yeah, Sam. So first off, let me just point out that I would make sure that the county had a juvenile rehabilitation center. And note, I say rehabilitation center. I don't say detention center. And it is imperative that our judges have the opportunity to make the assessment of a particular set of facts about a particular juvenile, and in some situations, conclude this juvenile needs to be put in a different environment than the one that led them to do the act that they just did. And for me, that's a big part of it. You said, you know, the judge uh, today just sends the person back to the exact same environment, mm -hmm. which led them to, to do the violent act that they did. What yeah. you need is to separate them from the environment and give an opportunity to intervene, bring help to that juvenile. It, 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 again, rehabilitation, not detention. It is about helping to reset that juvenile's life so that in the one example that I know we're both thinking of, you know, the individual went, tried to shoot someone, the gun jammed, the judge doesn't have any place to put him, sends that juvenile back to the exact same environment which led them to do that at first attempt, and then with the ankle bracelet on, goes and actually kills an 18-year-old. So you destroy two people's lives. You destroy the 18-year-old's life and the 14-year-old's life. That is not, that's just not compassion. Right. That's just not the right thing to do. And so I will say this, you know, my opponent has said that the only reason why people want a juvenile detention center is to get delinquents off the street. This isn't about delinquency. This is about violent actions. The juvenile, deten the juvenile detention center that did exist didn't have delinquents in it. It had individuals who were committing violent crimes that were going to the former Schumann detention center. And so, again, you know, people can use words and mix, and mix statements. This isn't about some kid crossed the street inappropriately, and so we better arrest him and put him in, in a juvenile rehabilitation center. This is about people doing violence against each other and taking that individual and giving them a chance to pause and get reset. One of the frustra most frustrating things for me, both as a member of council and as the county chair, is dealing with Democrats and the use of language, okay? 
So in your opponent in regards to Schumann, whether it's Mayor Ganey talking about the gun violence and crime running rampant in the city, they always refer to their solutions being, we need to address the root causes of, of this, okay? I get that. Sounds great. And that's why folks get fooled and elect these people, okay? But what's important is you can work all day long to address the root causes of them. But in the interim here, until you stumble upon this solution, which none of the ones they, they come up with ever seem to work, you have to protect the safety of the citizens, you know, under your, um, as your constituents. Uh, Sam, I could not agree more. And it's why the concept of defunding the police, which my opponent has signed on to, you know, in prior situations is just absolutely foolish, right? You know, to defund the police when we actually have increasing crime and increasing violence going on in our community. And I know people will spit out statistics and say, well, it's better than it was last year. Well, well, first off, better than last year is nothing to brag about, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, we want it to be right, not just better than the worst year we've had in 25. Right. Right. And so it is imperative that we support our police. I, I will tell you, Sam, this past week, I had the opportunity to be with, you know, it was approximately, I didn't count them, it was approximately 30 officers from many, many different uh, parts of the police support around our county and just talk with them and hear what's on their mind and listen to what matters for them. And I, I will tell you here, Every single one of them are trying to do the right thing, to protect our neighbors, to protect us, and to make sure that we can feel safe in our homes and in the streets of Pittsburgh and in the communities we live in. And let me just take a second and thank them for what they do, every officer in this county, for what you do every day to protect all of us and to give us the opportunity to live in safety, which is necessary for anyone to live in happiness, and to thrive. We know this already from, from, from children at school. A child that doesn't feel safe in school will not learn. A child that feels safe in school and in their environment prospers. And that's what we need in Allegheny County. Well, your point is well taken here. You know, we talk about statistics. The problem is, while these police officers are dedicated to doing their jobs, there aren't enough of them. In the city of Pittsburgh, just a few years ago, they had 1,000 officers, 1,000. Now, while they're budgeted for 900, they again, there was a thousand folks on the street. Now they're less than 800. I just talked to someone from the FOP the other day who was telling me that they just lost four officers that week who left to go to the suburbs because of things like the decrease in staffing that they have in the city is forcing overtime. So some of these folks will just come off one shift, and because they don't have the staffing to be able to staff the next shift, or held over working 16-hour days. Now. We're putting these people in dangerous situations, okay? Well, they're tired because they can work a multiple. They, I think they can work two 16-hour days, two to three in a row, all right? And then trying to hold them to the highest standards should something happen, okay? It, it, it's a recipe for failure, and it's failure in leadership from our elected officials in putting these folks in these situations. But your opponent, when talking about the defunding the police, I worry because the county police provide detective services and backup services and support for all the municipal departments. You know, what is she going to do there? What happens if that goes away? I mean, the clearance rate in the city, you know, is for is like 33%, if that. So it's terrible, especially I'm talking particular homicides and things. Okay. So what happens if we're not able to sell these crimes? 
if people that are committing them aren't held accountable, they're just going to continue to go on and commit them. And we see that with recidivism left and right. Yeah, Sam, uh, just a couple of comments on what you said. I'll start with the city and work out. So the last check-in I had, which was about eight weeks ago, the city had about 125 openings. And it sounds like that's growing from what you've recently mm-hmm. heard. But 125 of a target 900 that used to be 1,000. Um, and by the way, I just mentioned we had the, the worst couple years in a row of crime in the city and we start off being down 10% of the police force we used to have, maybe there's a connection there. You know, we're having our worst years. And if you go back a couple of years, we're down almost 25% in terms of the policing going on in the city. And so that is not a recipe uh, for us to have the safety we need to bring the prosperity that I talked about and to allow our children and our citizens to feel safe in the environment they operate in. I will say my, my recent check-ins with the county, the county is not 100% staff. Nobody ever is, right? No position is 100% staffed, uh, except for politicians. Those seats always seem to be full. But having said that, there's, you know, uh, you know, they're not 100% staff, but they're pretty close to full staffing. And I worry that with the wrong leadership in the county executive role, that that falls apart, which is what you're talking about. And then the support that the county brings to all the municipalities, including the city with detective support and actual police officers that, that do serve you know, in critical components of the county, like the airport uh, and our parks, but also uh, serve in many of our municipalities, that, that we let that staffing drop, and then we have an even broader policing issue and an even broader crime issue than we have today. Well, we, you know, in the wake of the George Floyd uh, situation up in um, Minnesota there, was it Minnesota, I think? Mm-hmm. In the wake of that, I mean, uh, police officers across this country came under attack. And the left is still trying to attack them. I mean, they're trying to take and, uh, you know, remove uh, immunity from these folks so that they and their families and their own person, they could be personally sued. Who's going to want that job? When I talk to the uh, Chief of Police Association and talk to some of their members, They'll talk about when the COGS would hold uh, evaluations, they'd hold, you know, applications and physical testing and things like that for applicants. They used to get hundreds of applicants for just a few positions. Now, that's no longer the case. Okay, and they're worried and concerned. Yeah, there's there's a county, countrywide issue. Policing used to be a position, and as it should be, a position that people aspired to, a position which was given respect, a position which, you know, as as a 20-year-old, you were, boy, I want to be that because, you know, the police officer in my neighborhood is respected by everybody. And, you know, we, we've tore that down. By the way, there's been some things that have happened that were inappropriate. I don't want to undersell those. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, our police do very, very important work for us. And it is imperative that we give them the respect they deserve, the support they deserve. And without doing that to the existing officers, we won't get the new officers we need to actually give us the safety that we need. No, and that's incredibly important. And I think, you know, again, as elected officials, you have no higher responsibility than trying to protect the safety of the citizens that you represent. You know, and that's why it's important that we elect somebody who's not just determined to, you know, uh, keep the resources we have available today that support so many of our communities, but look to build on them and to improve, you know, on the services that are offered. Because, again, at the end of the day, 
all of our residents benefit. I, Sam, that's exactly right. The executive branch, which is what I'm running for, mm-hmm. is responsible for the safety of the community, right? And so that applies starting with the president, it's the governor, and in this particular case, it's the county executive. You are ultimately responsible for the safety of the community, and you know we have to support our police officers. All the police who know me know that I will stand behind them, and they you know, are doing the right thing, protecting us, and I will make sure I protect and support them. Well, Joe, you know, I, I should have mentioned this in the first segment as well, but for, for our listeners who are listening to this and want to help you, how would they go about helping you? How would they go about either volunteering or donating? or? Yeah, so, so the first thing I would ask everyone to do is, if you like what you're hearing, it is imperative that we talk about the importance of this race. So talk to your friends, talk to your family, Talk to them about why you believe this race really matters for the future of Allegheny County. And if you support me, why you support me. And by the way, I believe in democracy. And if you don't support me and you support Sarah, talk about why you support Sarah, because I think the policy differences are dramatic. So, you know, talk about why voting in this election matters and why the policy difference are so dramatic and why you are going to think about and going to vote the way you're going to vote and pull people under this tent. And then secondly, of course, you know, it's a campaign. It's going to cost an awful awful lot of money. We'd love your support. We're here to support you too. So if you go to voterocky.com, you can do two things. One, you can help us by, by providing a little support. And two, you can connect with us and you can connect with the team that, that we're working with. And, you know, you can get yard signs. You can get uh, help us with knocking on doors. You can help us with, uh, you know, making phone calls, a whole series of things. But the way to begin that is simply just, you know, jump online, voterocky.com, R-O-C-K-E-Y. And, you know, right there you'll see a link to how to get involved. And, and that's what we need. We need people to get involved in this election um, and to support, you know, a better way to run this county than is being offered by my opponent. Well, folks, you heard it. Joe Rocky just outlined a number of his policy positions, things that he wants to accomplish as the next county executive, and he's just told you how you can go about taking and helping his campaign and helping make that a reality. <clears throat> folks, we are in an inflection point in Allegheny County. The decisions that you make when you go to the polls this November are going to determine the future direction of this county and whether we continue on an upward trajectory or do we go on a downward trajectory? And I don't think that you can look at some of the choices that have been made in places like the city of Pittsburgh and some of these other races where they've taken elected people and the area is basically in a decline. We need to stop that. You know, uh, Joe's opponent, you know, espouses a lot of positions that if you look into it, they are tried and failed. You know, we don't need to become a Portland. We know don't need to become a San Francisco. I mean, I think it was on election night, uh, County Executive Fitzgerald was asked to comment from the media, and he said, hey, it looks like, I'm paraphrasing here, but it looks like people are going to have to, you know, maybe we're going the way of a Portland or a San Francisco, okay? Just say no. You have the opportunity to take, just say no, okay? So just say no this November to Sarah Inamorato, and please, let's vote for Joe Rocky. Joe, thank you for coming today, and thank you for talking to our listeners. Sam, thanks for having me, and to everyone out there, I hope you have a great 4th of July coming up here in the middle of the week. So have a great holiday. Uh, God bless America. Yes, everyone have a great holiday here, July 4th, and uh, now you know why I'm bad at multitasking, folks.
But hey, until next week, this is Sam DeMarco signing off for the Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM.